date night. It's date night. It's a traditional date night. It's a proper date night. Where we pick films for each other that one the other one hasn't seen. Oh, you're doing a little introduction of what date night was. Yes, what date night was. And then we've we've seen a few films which we've called date nights, but we've kind of watched them together or we've just watched a classic film that the other person's seen. But yeah, this is... So we're going back to the... Going back to the traditional the orig- format. Original date night. And I'm picking for you. Yeah, I know. Can you, can you hear how happy I am about that? Wow. I don't... Oh, I think recently we've... There's been a couple of films that off pod we've started and things have gone a bit wrong so the one i'm particularly thinking of where we watched about 10 15 minutes of it and it was so scary i couldn't continue even though i was hiding behind a pillow more of that in our main pod next week i think i think we'll talk about the main show next week won't we yeah so i'm hoping you've gone for you said it's under 90 minutes yes um, to me, not to the podcast. Yes. But just, just as I was asking you there, I was because like, "Is it going to be late?" Behind the behind the scenes, you're quite tired. Yes, it's been a long week. It's been a long week, and yeah, and it's very hot. It's mm. very hot. I know it's all very British to talk about the weather, but it's very warm, <laughs> and and what we call around here muggy, which muggy. means just like really close and heavy, heavy. Yeah. So yeah, it's like that up north. So yeah, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit tired, and it's a little bit muggy. So. Yeah, under 90 minutes or under yeah. sounds perfect. It's not going to be a horror or anything like that, is it? Because as the recent past has shown us, I clearly can't cope with that right now. Even with a pillow? No, no. This is a fun film. A fun film under 90 minutes yeah. sounds good. I don't know if you will know much about this film. Certainly from the title, anyway. Right, okay. We're going to watch Crank. Is it Jason Statham? It is Jason Statham. I had a moment there where I was like, we're going to watch what? Oh, okay. Right, so uh, anyone who's listened to the podcast before will know that I love like a 90s thriller or a 90s action. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm thinking that Crank is maybe a play on those 90s actioners. It's a... Do you know much about the... You obviously know it's Jason Statham. I know it's Jason Statham because in my mind's eye, I can see him... Now, he's either at a phone booth, but I might be thinking about Colin Farrell and phone booth, or he's in, like, a tube station or something like that. He's, 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 there's, like, rush, there's, you know how sometimes on the back of posters, not the yeah. back of posters, in the background on a poster, they've done something to make it look like the person is travelling, so there's, like, lines behind them. That's kind of what I'm, I know I'm not explaining that very well, but that's kind of what I can see. I can see him in, like, him on the poster with, like, this a representation of being at speed behind him. That's really interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. we will come back to that. Excellent. Should we go watch it then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye. Cool. Well, we'll see you on the other side. See you then. My name is Chev Chelios, and today's the day that I die. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I've been poisoned with some kind of Chinese synthetic. You've got to do something for me, dog. They gave you the Beijing cocktail. It's cutting off your adrenaline. If you stop, you die. Now, I've got one hour to settle a score. Say goodbye to my girl and go out with a little style. All I have to do is stay alive long enough to make it happen. Juice me. Clear? Where's Baron? I don't know where he is. You're 
so stressed out. What's the matter? I need to tell you something. I'm a professional hitman. If you're gonna break up with me, at least you can tell me the truth. Wait! Now come on. You're supposed to be dead! Your whole crew is destroyed. <laughs> Unidentified man behind today's mayhem is making his last stand. My name is Jeff Chelios, and today is the day. feel like I need to go and lie down in an incredibly dark room. You know, like one of those rooms that are like sensory deprivation. That's it, where I need to be right now. It is a lot of sensory overload, that film. <gasps> my eyes, my eyes. Like right from the beginning, it's just, yeah. What What is that? What is it called? You'll know this. Like when you're, because it wasn't just first person perspective we have a bit of that to begin with and I thought oh it's going to be from his perspective all the way through but then after that you're zooming in you're zooming out you're following behind and and it's really juddery the camera yeah what's what's that called is there sort of like a style I think that's just crazy filmmaking (laughs) people making their debut feature that um want to do every trick that they learned in film school and stuff that they made up themselves so Let's do a quick synopsis of Crank. And then I want to go into your history with the film. Yes. So Crank stars Jason Statham, as we mentioned before we watched the film. So I knew it was going to be him. Yeah. And some other people who are kind of meaningless, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. 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 Fairly meaningless characters. That That, that... that flit in and out of the film. Yeah. So he's, he's a hitman. He's carried out a hit. Someone doesn't like the fact that the hit's being carried out. He, the, this is he, not important. To yeah, oh, plot. yeah, I know, yeah. but I feel I should sort of like give an overview of what has occurred before we get into it. He's a hitman that has some enemies. Yeah. Who have injected him with a drug. Yes. Which makes essentially him, Keanu Reeves, and his heart the boss <laughs> in speed. Yeah. Yeah, so he's just got, he's got to keep going. He's got to have adrenaline running yes. through him. Or when he slows down. He's he di- he's dying. Yes. Yeah. But he's dying anyway. This seems to be the thing that there is no antidote, and he he's only he was meant to die within an hour, and then he's still going, and he's still going. Everyone's like, "How are you still going?" Yes. But all the while they're saying to him, "You're not going to last this," hmm. and then he's carrying out revenge on the person who has injected him. Yeah. And that's it. The end. Yes. Okay. Thanks a lot. End of yeah. podcast. So, when did you come across Crank? I came across Crank when it first came out in 2006. Did you see it at the cinema? I didn't. I think I saw it on... There was a Lost podcast that was really into it, and I think I watched it on DVD rental, on one of those ones where you um, sent away for a DVD. Oh, like Love Film? Yeah, it was, it was Love Film. Yeah. It would have been either Love Film or Blockbuster, because oh, they were both sent to the same service. Well, you got a little... 
C- um, CD, DVD sent to you in the post. A little had so paper, a little paper thing. Yeah. No, you, no, you got as long as you want. Oh, did you? Yeah. I thought you had like 30 days to watch it and then return it, but maybe I'm... Only if you were on their free trial. <laughs> that would be it. Yeah, that would be me. Yeah. Um, yes, I watched it. Um, and being 26 at the time, absolutely loved it. Because this is a absolute 26-year-old 26 boys film. It's so interesting because when I was watching it, my first line to you was going to be, this feels like the sort of film that the lads I hung around with in my early 20s would have absolutely loved. And we, I would have loved it as well. I would have sat in a, probably a dodgy house share watching this film over and over again. We would be sticking it on in the night time, sticking it on on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And everyone would know the lines, would be major lines from it, and would quote it back to each other. It feels like a film of that era to me. 15 years ago, or, well, probably 13 years ago, I could definitely have quoted lines from this. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, I could have quoted lines from this. Like, need something begins with an A. England? Um, things like that. One thing that I was going to say to you before, but thought I'll just let you make your own judgment is, we may need to bring back Jim Bowen, Different Times Corner. Oh, yeah. And boy. Don't we? Don't we? <laughs> I found this a really difficult watch, and I found it a really difficult watch because I'm now 40 going on 41. Yeah. And have more life experience, and things have changed since this film yeah rightly quite yes. rightly yeah things have changed since this film came out but i was still shocked at for example there's a homophobic slur that's used multiple times within this film the other f-bomb yeah yeah, yeah. and i was thinking was it deemed acceptable in 2006 for that to be used because that still it still feels it it's not like not that it should be an excuse but we know that films of old had all sorts of things going. I mean, I was watching West Side Story the other day, mm. see a film from the early 1960s, yeah. and the actors have darkened their skin. Certain yes. ones have darkened their, their skin, and something that wouldn't be done now. And you you sort of look back with different eyes, but that's in the 60s, you know, where, you, the, again, there's no excuse, but you, you understand the context of what was occurring at the time. 2006 is very, very close to where we are now i don't think it was as taboo as it is now Mm. i don't think it was an acceptable word at the time but i don't think it was as taboo as it is now and you would 100% not get a mainstream lionsgate film picture using that universal yeah 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 universal universal films you would not get a film using that with a main unless it was for a particular point and there was part of me that's thinking is is this all a point you know is is this film utilizing not not that the slow would be a trope but utilizing tropes and utilizing language to make a point about the people or the character or the time and i was trying to forgive it a number of things or or trying to give it the benefit of the doubt thinking is this a political point is this a satirical point there's a load of stuff around women that you will know that i have picked up on watching this film and again i was thinking is this showing you, is this saying, look, this is how women are treated in these films? But I genuinely couldn't, no. you know, even with my most generous hat on, I couldn't find that within it. No. I found it to be a film 
where a, I'm going to be really honest, a bunch of lads yeah. and very immature mm. have got together and gone, this would be a laugh. Do you know it was written by a woman? Night one at all, I'm lying. <laughs> Look at my face. I was like, how do I come back from that? Of course how it's not. How do I come back of from that? Of course it's not. It was written <laughs> by both the directors. <laughs> because you know what? I, I specifically looked at the credits and I was looking for women in, in the credits and the only women I could spot were the casting directors. Okay. Um, when I f- first came up. But because the directors... I think did they use like their surnames? Yeah. Because it's something, and it's got a slash in the middle, so it's explain it to everyone at home that's going. What on earth is she going on about? It's they they are stylized as Neville Dean Taylor. That's it, Neville Dean slash Taylor, yeah. isn't it? So it's Mark Neville Dean and Brian Taylor. Right. Okay. So so I did think. Oh no, have I got that wrong? <laughs> no, 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 no. But I knew I could get away with it for that reason. <laughs> Um, they are the first time directors in this. Mm-hmm. They did a couple of other films. Um, yeah, yeah. It's marketed at a very specific audience, and it's and I'm not I'm not doing down that audience because, like I say, in my twenties, I watched films like this, and yeah. certainly the guy, the, the specifically men, the guys that I hung around with would have loved this this film and would have seen no harm in it and would have meant no harm in it as well but when you look as a, a like i'm gonna say middle-aged because we are yeah no, you know like we're not nearly we're 40 <laughs> 41 yeah but you look as like as people in their 40s who've had life experience like i say and who were probably more eyes open politically as well and have a much greater understanding of the world. And also the world's come a I long way as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that we're suddenly, you know, brilliant people. We've been educated in, in a particular way as well. The scenes where, for example, Jason Statham is in, encouraging his girlfriend, who's played by Amy Smart, to have sex with him outdoors so that he can keep the adrenaline going. And it is absolutely non-consensual for quite a sustained period of time. She's crawling away from him. She's battering him off. You know, she's really having to forcefully... My heart properly sank at that point. And I was thinking, oh God, where is this going? Yeah, so did I. But then, seconds after saying no and being very strong with her you know the the the, the non-consensual aspect of it she then decides oh, because he's on, because he's kissed her and but he's kissed her with force he's she's not you know sort of attracted the kiss to her that yeah. suddenly he's the greatest lover she's you know ever had and her legs go up in the air like legs akimbo yeah you know and that's suddenly she's wanting to and you, I mean, you can see parts of his bum, for example, but she's having things ripped off her. I think it almost like a breast's about to pop out, and it's the there is focus. a breast shot from that. I'm not sure if it's her because mm. it's her, there's a breast that is shown, but her face isn't shown at the same time, yeah. and that's quite often the sign of a body double being used. Yeah, and uh, I mean, not that it matters, not that it, but, and then that's yeah. the thing is, I think it's just it's the portrayal of. A woman. I don't feel that she is there at any stage other than 
other than to be a body that he's going to have sex with. Because later on in the film, she also performs another sex on it. Sex act on it. Another sex on it. Another him. sex on him. <laughs> as you know, she as does all a the, se- she does a sex on him. Say, yeah. All the kids say. Um, but she she performs a sex sex act on him in the car. And again, she's just she's there to give him pleasure. Yeah. And to keep him going with the whole adrenaline. Oh yeah. There's no suggestion that she has any any sort of. She she's almost portrayed as someone who has quite low intelligence. She's she's vapid. She's self obsessed. She doesn't know how to do things in her own. You know. She's really like play, played as like the quintessential ditzy blonde. There's no sense of why he's with her or why he loves her. Or why she loves him. It it's a it's a poorly drawn relationship. I mean. So whilst I understand, whilst I understand, I do quite want to make you go and change the clock on our um, on our microwave now and see if you can. But that's not really the point. As an intelligent woman, I'm not sure. Yeah, you it's not could. really the point, is it? But no. I mean, I can't. But it's not the point that I'm that I think we want to be making at this point in time. Yeah, but, yeah. Abs- this mm, is a blokey movie. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's that's fair. Um, mm. I'm. There are things that do not hold up yeah. anymore. The interesting thing for me, if we're going to look at some positives for it, and I do, f- I find it difficult to find positives in it, if I'm being really honest, but it's it's the way it's designed. Yeah. So to me, this is a video game. Well, this is, I mean, this is very post Grand Theft Auto yes. coming out. Yeah. Um, the a lot of the cut scre- cut screens. The title card is done in eight bit video style. There's even like a little post credit sting, which is the film sort of play scene from the film playing out or a scene from the film playing out as an 8-bit video game. Yeah, so I, th- I think you're totally right there. What did you think about the the filming of it? Yeah, difficult for me because I found it really hard to watch. My eyes still feel like they're going and that it, it's making my brain hurt a little bit. It, it's just, It's too much... Like, it's sensory overload for me. Because... So, so it's hard for me to give it a... An objective. I think it's very, it's it's clever in what I could see. I could absolutely make the argument that it's clever with its cuts, with things coming up on the screen, with the nods to all those games. And I know them well. I've been in rooms where people have been playing them. I've played them myself. You know, I can. <laughs> it's not pot. Like, it's like I've been in room when when rooms when, <laughs> when 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 these games were being played. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like I have, I've, I've sat. I was at a party. This game was being passed around. <laughs> I'm not saying it like that. I was like, you, you played Grand Theft Auto yes. before in my presence. I've when I was younger, I used to play all the like the Tony Hawks and things like that. Not that this is um, people on skateboards, but I understand the premise of those games and I yeah. understand the design of those games as well. So I could pick up all the nods. It's just too frenetic for, for me personally. I don't find these sorts of films re- a relaxing experience or an enjoyable experience. Okay. When I was talking about the look of the film, I was mm. referring, because I think this film, film-wise, has aged poorly. I think this is filmed... Compl- it's a very low-budget film. It was filmed yeah. for about 10 to 12 million dollars. Mm. Um, a lot of that will have been in the cast because Jason Statham was a star. He was two Transporter films in at this point. Yeah. 
Amy Smart. I mean, obviously she's not the she's not the biggest star in Hollywood. She's not Julia Roberts or anything mm. like that. But she has... <laughs> imagine her in this. <laughs> I would absolutely you, love. Oh, I mean, that might have helped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but obviously she has a name from yeah. um, Road Trip and Road things trip, like yeah. that. Yeah, it took me ages to place her and I, I eventually <sighs> got there. Um, she would then go on to be her, in her greatest role. Which is? In Justified. Um, oh God, Mark. You can't mention Justified in every podcast. I, I mean, you can. I can, but the more I shall. Yeah. Um, but this was filmed and I think the digital look that they have this was at the very start of digital HD cameras. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that it's been filmed in a lot of scenes, especially when the camera's moving, which it is a lot of the time. A lot of the time. And when it's on location outside um, without sort of a studio lighting and everything like that, I think it looks cheap. Mm, yes. Yeah, it, there, were, there were times when I felt that... I mean, you can't call them scenes because it's just on the move all the time. Yeah. But there are cuts where... It just looks like it's maybe six formers filming. I mean, that's kind of how it how it felt. You know, like where where they have a map and it's Google Maps and it moves along well, with the not, Google Maps logo in the corner. It's not even that with the copyright two thousand six yes, as well. So yeah. it's not even that because that to me just is a nod to the video game. It's yeah. more where, like you say, they're they're on the move. They're filming them as they're running down the street yeah. and it really does feel like someone's just got their iPhone out and filmed. So, well, I mean, and that's the thing. I think the camera work that's happening now um, in current day, a top-end phone will mm. do give a better yeah. look than this. There have been far better filmmakers than Neville Dean Taylor who've been caught out by digital. Um, have you ever seen Public Enemies? No. Is that Colin Farrell? No, no, no. Oh. I was a bit slightly obsessed with Colin Farrell tonight, apparently. What? Public Enemies. It's Christian Bale and Johnny Depp. It's a Michael oh. Mann film. Um, why should, oh, well, I should know it because I love Michael Mann, but I know I've not seen it. Johnny Depp plays John Dillinger. It's, a, it's the story oh, of John okay. Dillinger. Um, and that was shot on digital. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was four years later than this. And with, a, obviously, a far, far greater budget. And at times that looks exactly the same. Right. Um, Gemini Man, which I went and saw, would it be last year or maybe That's the year before? Will, Will Smith, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Will Smith and Will Smith. It'd have to be the year before because last year you didn't go and see any films. Well, I did because mm-hmm. when the films yeah, but, reopened for a little but bit. No, yeah, yeah, you didn't go, I remember you didn't go and see Gemini Man. No, but that's Ang Lee, who is obviously a great, great filmmaker. He'd filmed that in ultra high definition. It was that HDR sort of thing. And again, that just looks cheap. It looks yeah. like a student film at times. It's the one that makes your eyes go funny, isn't it? Yeah. Is it, and that's the only way I can describe it. And that's what I'm trying to describe mm. for this film. But it really, you can't focus or you feel like your eye is constantly focusing. A bit like, you know, if you've got like a Terminator eye and it's going zoop, 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 like that. And How's it go? <laughs> <laughs> but you know like you it's like when i haven't got my glasses on because yeah. my eyesight's gone so bad now and i'm con- my eyes are just constantly trying to focus when i put my glasses on mm. then it's fine and it's like you know everything stops that's how it feels with this film it felt like i was constantly my eyes were focusing refocus focusing refocus mm. i think despite the look because i think this is down to the technology and the budget that was used I think this is a hell of a film to get out for 12 million. 
a lot of the cast did their own stunts. Jason Statham did virtually all his own stunts in this. Um, and it shows, I'm like, you, when he is riding on the back of a motorcycle, you can see it yes. is him on yeah. the back of a motorcycle. He is a brilliant action hero. Yeah. Even though I didn't particularly feel that he was heroic in this, given he's, you, you don't have much to hang your hat on with. He's a hitman. And some, like John Wick, for example, you really get behind John Wick, don't you? Because yes. someone kills his dog. And all of those sorts of things. And, he, and his wife, he's got a tragic backstory with his wife and things like that, hasn't he? I haven't seen John Wick in ages, so this is probably all wrong. <laughs> but he, he's a very sympathetic character, even though he's got a particular lifestyle in terms of hitman. Yeah. And you, you see that in a lot of films where people are um, very violent. They have um, jobs that, you know perhaps wouldn't be seen in a heroic manner but they're anti-heroes and and you get behind them i really didn't have much to get behind with this i didn't really know anything about him that would lead me to believe that it wasn't a you know wasn't sort of a an all right thing that actually he's taken off the streets because he's running around like in particular there's a lot of shots of women being thrown to the ground i don't know if you notice this as a as a as a man but as a woman i really found myself getting quite upset at the fact that he was bumping into people, he was throwing people around. There was a lot of um as you swear bitch quite a lot in in the film and Yeah. There seemed to be this real sense of women and there were there were men who had exactly the same thing happen to them as well, but I think it's in when you see these vulnerable sort of older or younger women being thrown to the ground I found that quite hard, so it was difficult for me to get behind him because he just didn't seem to be a very nice man. Oh, I can but as an that. action, but as an action hero, yeah, I wouldn't call him a hero in this. But as an action vehicle, I can understand that he is very good at what he does. I much prefer him in the sort of the Hobbs and Shaw, in the Fast and Furious franchise, that sort of thing where. He's a bit more comedy and there's more to get hold of in terms of backstory. I mean, I feel like that's a that's a very different film to this. Yeah, I know that, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. I much prefer mm. that to this sort of very blunt instrument mm. that you see in this film. Can you guess what award this won? I mean, you weren't. What, is I'll it tell like you now. One of the, an MTV no. something or other? No, no. No? Um, on the Women's Film Critics Circle Awards, it won Most Offensive Male Character. There we go. For Jason Statham. Oh, well, I'm, I'm pleased that I'm on the right path with it. Cause sometimes you... Joint with Borat. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just think, am I being really po-faced? Am I being... Am I looking for the for these things? Am I just having a bad night? But I'm I'm not with, with this one. I'm really not. I've... Out of all the date nights that we have done, I have to say this is my least favourite film. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. My least favourite. So let's go let's go third act things. Okay. I mean the plot just happens. Oh yeah. But what did you make of the ending? Because this is not your typical Hollywood ending. No, but I never thought it was going to be. Just mm. the way you know, they kept setting up that he was gonna die, he was gonna die. I knew there was be a twist at the end with the guy that he was meant to have hit at the beginning. Yeah. He he didn't. You see that in a flashback, so they're letting you know that that's going to happen anyway. He comes to his rescue, sort of, in inverted commas. Everyone gets killed, and he falls to his death on, on the way, phoning his girlfriend, who he doesn't seem to have that much love for, <laughs> and then hits the ground. 
And then are you are you meant to believe that he might still be alive because you can hear the the beating of the heart? Well, he blinks when he when he falls down to the ground. I thought he was blinking in terms of like and blinking and dying, sort of like. Well, would know. it surprise you to tell? Would it surprise you? Oh no! You? Are you going to talk about a sequel? There's, there is a sequel. Oh, no. Crank two. <laughs> right. Tagline: He died. He got better. Right. Same people. Uh, same people. Um, if you thought this was a balls to the wall film, mm. that is four times more. It has to be, doesn't it? For yeah. a sequel. Me, Neil. I mean, people who listen to podcasts won't know any of these people. <laughs> but me, Neil, uh, Adam, Adam, Rich Fisher all went to watch it. I at love cinema. the fact you just listed all your mates there. <laughs> yeah, I think only me and Neil had actually seen Crank at the time. Okay. But I was so excited, I dragged them all to the cinema. Um, me and Neil will still quote to each other, fuck your fucking balls, Chev Chelios. Lovely. Which is a line, I mean, you're never going to see the sequel, I am. No, 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 Mark, I'm not. Which is, a, which is a line read out by Bai Ling. Oh, really? Is Bai Ling in there? Yeah. Who else is in the sequel then? Okay. So, shoot, is the cast gone up in the sequel? Has it brought more no. people to it? No. Oh, no, All right, no, okay. No. I mean, you did let out a laugh for. One of the appearances. Oh, in this. I did. Oh, I nearly forgot about this. I was I was starting to wind up this episode, but no, we've got to keep going. Uh, Lincoln Park turns up. Yeah, the sadly missed Chester Bennington. Yeah, lovely Chester Bennington, um, who sadly left us a few years back, didn't he? Um, yeah, has a cameo as Pharmacy Stoner. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's he's on screen for quite a while. You squealed when he yeah, appeared on screen. Yeah, I know, because it is, it's, there's a lot of sort of like new metal being played in the background, not necessarily with any lyrics, not yeah. necessarily with any words, but very sort of hardcore video game music. And I can understand why he would be in it as like a cameo performance. Yes. Um, this Did Linkin also... Park do anything on the soundtrack because I, I didn't don't hear think anything. so no yeah. um I, I don't think so this also has uh glenn howerton who plays dennis in it's always sunny in philadelphia so i don't know him he's the doctor who is getting him the ephedrine well from out the cupboard whilst okay. he whilst there is a guy on a stretcher mm-hmm. um and a first role for eddie Gath- i'm gonna butcher this name mm-hmm. but um the taxi driver, Eddie Gathegi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who, I knew, why do we? Why do I know him? So he's in the um, Twilight films. Of course he is. You yes. know what? It's the eyes. Yeah. He's got such piercing eyes, yeah. and they use that so much in the in the Twilight films. Obviously, the vampires. So I'm going to bring up Crank Two, and we're oh, okay. going to go through some of the people that are in there. Lovely. So we've got Amy Smart returns. Of course she does. Uh, Clifton Collins Jr. is in it. Oh, really? Oh, oh of course he, he would. He would be in something like this. I yeah. really like Clifton Collins Jr. A lot of the cast from this reappear, but Byling, mm-hmm. um, David Carradine. Fair enough. Corey Haim. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Jerry Horner, a.k.a. Jerry Halliwell. I was about to say, who's Jerry Hot? But yeah, so Jerry Halliwell rocks up. Jerry Halliwell plays Chef Chelios's mum. Oh, like in a in a, a flashback? Well, I mean, so with Crank 2, with this being made, I remember there was a, a series and I did, it was like a blog, a blogger account mm. that dates the film. And it was people who went and took f- pictures on a film set. And I remember like it breaking in whatever circle it was, 
that the pictures they took was Jason Statham with a rubber Jason Statham mask on walking around like a miniature town. This is very odd. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the hell is going yeah. on? And yeah, just in the middle of a thing, they... So, I'm going to spoil Crank 2 okay. if you ever want to watch it. A carry on, Mark. Carry on. So someone steals his now indestructible heart and replaces it with a metal heart that he needs to keep electrified. So instead of just the adrenaline going, he then needs to keep electrified. I don't understand. And at one point, he electrifies himself so much that he goes into a dream, se- goes into a dream sequence where he's on a Jerry Springer type show with his mum, who is Jerry Halliwell. Um, and another one, he does it so that it, he becomes in sort of a Godzilla fight and he is wearing a rubber Jason Statham suit in a fight with another guy, but in a mass, like a tiny town, like, old style Godzilla films. I'm so glad I'm not going to watch this film. Uh, John Delancey's in it. Who's that? He's Q from Star Trek. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, Dwight Yoakam comes back as Doctor. So there's quite a lot of people that are more well-known than the character actors that are in this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, this this was a cult success. Mm. This, I mean, this made about four times its budget. Right. So it's this is a film that I still imagine will play like late it's night. So things. not what? Yeah. I expected it to be. Chester Bennington comes back. Of course he does. Uh, Keith Jardine, who is a... I think he's a UFC fighter. I know the name. Yeah. But yeah, I honestly... I would now, I'm slightly disappointed because I really thought I was going to get an Air Force One type <laughs> drama. Or, do you know what I mean? Like, Or Under Siege, because you watched that the other day and yes. you were talking to me about it. And I thought, oh, maybe Crank's like... It, oh, like like in Phone Booth that I mentioned before you yeah. watched the film, thought it was going to be in that sort of sort of area, but it's just not at all. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Ron Jeremy's in it. <laughs> Are you just going to keep reading out these yes. people? Yes, absolutely, yeah. Okay, time to stop. Okay. It's late. My brain is frazzled with this very eclectic, frenetic film. So, go on then. Give well, it a star rating. It's a one star for me. Wow. Yeah, genuinely, genuinely. I think it's... You're saying it, there's absolutely nothing. It's incredible. No, I've said that it would be no stars if there was nothing. One star for me, mainly to do with the problematic aspects of it, but also because I found it a really difficult watch. No, not because of that, just the because it was too... There's just too much going on for me. The design of the film, the cinematography, everything about it... I couldn't cope with that. It was like watching someone play a game for an hour and a half when you're in the corner of the of the room and you're really bored and actually you just want to get out of the house and go for a walk and that's how I that's how I felt. Um so I'm gonna say this is I mean you hate sensory overload. Mm. So I think it if I'm gonna put words in your mouth, go which I then. shouldn't go on then. I think it's like <laughs> having a game in front of you, the radio on to the left, yeah. um, some music on to the side, yeah, totally. and then your friends having a conversation behind you. That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 And maybe a dog barking in the yeah. distance or something that I can hear, but no one else can hear. And I'm going, can you hear that dog? Oh, can the phone's ringing. Dog? Yeah. Oh, don't. Oh, <laughs> no. Right. I need to go and lie down. Should have seen this coming, really, shouldn't I, <laughs> <Yeah>. in hindsight? <laughs> yeah. So, a big recommendation from you, then. <laughs> I loved it. Oh yes, let's watch it again every I, weekend. That's I think this is for me. For me, this is still a three and a half star film. <laughs> yeah, well, if, it would be for you. Obviously, taking out the problematic elements. Oh, you taking that like away, that. right? Because 
Can you do that? Can you do that? Is that, you know, is that a true... I'm going to go down a sort of a, a pathway here, but when you give a film a rating, can you really take, a, you know, take out of that those elements? Shouldn't it form part of the rating? So I think you should... I think you should rate films on how you find them. And for me, I found this at a time when that was less problematic for me due to the society that I lived in at the time and the world we we all lived in at the time. For some reason, and you can call this right or wrong, um, and you know, in many ways it is wrong, I then struggle to reevaluate this on a mod with modern eyes. I think you can compartmentalize it, can't yes, you? Yes, absolutely. You, you yeah. came to it at a particular time yeah. where this was not, and like you say, for rightly or wrongly, this was mm. not seen to be. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of those ones where you shout different times at it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. That sort of thing. Yeah. So you're able to look at it in that sort of viewpoint, okay? Whereas if I watch this for the first time today, yes. as, as someone else, as someone like you has, yeah, um, yeah, fully understand that. I mean, it's not vilified i noticed this is actually on itv4 tonight so oh is it yeah that's really interesting so it's not one that's sort of been blacklisted Mm. where i don't think maybe short circuit 2 would necessarily play yeah yeah there's certain things on there that's obviously a different audience and things like that um well, there's a whole thing about. I mean, we could go into this forever, couldn't we? There's a whole thing about censorship and the reevaluation of films, and that we're seeing when we're putting things on now that certain films. I think we've talked about it before on the podcast. They they have a note with them now to say that there are depictions that would that would be deemed to be offensive now. And yeah. That a lot of things where people are saying, but these are classics. These are these are beautiful classics that the family all got around the mm. the, the living living room sofa to to watch. You know, on the on yeah, the. For example, Song of the South. Which was a Disney, wasn't it? A Disney yeah, film. It was a that... Disney film that there is still. I mean, Splash Mountain, the Disneyland ride, is based mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Song of the South, but yeah, has been but absolutely has been reassessed would, would, and would not be is not available is not on Disney available, Plus. Yeah, yeah, for obvious yeah. reasons. So yeah. yeah, there are there are things like that, but I'm also thinking about films a bit like this one. Yeah. that you might just get a warning on to yeah. say you know language that wouldn't be used now. The, the depiction of women. Gone with the wind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, I mean, oh, there's yes. a lot. Oh, there's, there's, <laughs> we can there's carry loads. On. We yes. can carry on. But yeah, it, I think there's a really interesting conversation we had, not right here, about looking at films in a in in a different light. And there will be films that we have talked about on the podcast that we've given like four stars, five stars to, that I'm sure in 20, 30 years' time, we might look back and go, actually at the time we didn't spot this or we, it wasn't brought to our attention or we weren't educated in a particular way. But yeah. now society again has moved forward or we've got a much better understanding of these topic areas. Yeah. And we would look back at that and go, oh, how did we not spot that? We, like, we've recently watched Bill and Ted. For, you mm. watched them for the first time mm-hmm. and it's amazing some of the language they use. Oh, um, they yeah. They also use the F-bomb. Yes, yeah, which, you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, um, so for about what's that. ostensibly a kid's film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had their own cartoon on the Saturday morning. Who would have thought that we'd got into um, a conversation about the problematic aspects of films and censorship on a you know weekend <laughs> on the evening where probably it's very anyone tired. who's seen Crank and then yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, let's uh, let's 
bring this to a to a close. It's got. I'm looking at the timer on the recorder and I'm thinking, wow, we've spoken much more about this than I ever thought. I was just gonna go one star. That Aww. was gonna be. That was gonna be it. Okay. <laughs> right then. So thanks. So, thanks so much, everyone, for listening to this because it's been a bit, bit of a funny one tonight. And if you went and watched Crank, then Elaine apologises <laughs> for. Apologize. Uh... I apologise profoundly. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at the Honeymoon Pod, and you can like and subscribe to us on. Ver- I'm looking at Mark uh, on various podcasting apps. Does that make sense? I never know what to say at the end. I mean, it, I don't think many people have got to the end no, of this episode. No, I think so, um... probably gone by now. But yes, if you would like to, you can subscribe, you can follow us, you and can you, like you us. You might It'll even want amazing. to leave us a review. Yes, a review would but be nice. But please not based on this episode. Yeah, let's, let's ignore this episode. <laughs> Thanks very much, everyone. Thanks a lot. See you later. Bye.